You have been recording this whole time, right? Oh, shit. Yeah, I have. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, the thought occurred to me, like, halfway through the episode, and I was like, shit, I hope he's recording. I don't know why I even doubted you in the first place. But yeah, I, why did you doubt me? I was worried for a moment. For a moment. That's a slippy quote. Hello, and welcome to the Interstate Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, a.k.a. K-Slugs. My name is Peter, a.k.a. Deal for Real, and I'm also your host. Yeah. So on this podcast, we analyze and discuss some of our favorite video games, and uh, yeah, some pretty bad ones as well. So uh, we kind of hope that it will uh, spark some conversations and fun discussions about some of our favorite video games and our not-so-favorite games that are out there. So uh, yeah, without further ado, uh, let's get started. Well, we can't just start talking about video games right away. I mean, I think I think as podcasters, we have to waste like 10 minutes just talking about bullshit. <laughs> okay, so. okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, the beer segment. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll tell mine first, since you told yours first last time. Um, luckily, I don't have a long story. Okay. Or maybe, unluckily, maybe, maybe long stories are good. I don't know. That's going to haunt me forever, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I actually, I, I like this story more and more each time I hear it. Yeah, yeah, I kind of do too. Since I listen to the podcast over and over and over again, like every day. Yeah, shout out to uh, the people who listened to our first episode. You guys are the realest. But uh, anyways, yeah, get into the beer segment. What you drinking, man? Well, I'm, I'm going to cheers this beer in honor of our fans and listeners. Um, this is called a Tritown Brown. It is an English-style brown ale. It's a uh, 5%. And it's from a local Colorado brewery, uh, the Echo Brewing Company, in Frederick, Colorado. This is the second time I've had this beer. The first time was several weeks ago, so I don't really remember too much. But um, it's nice. I don't love it. Um, I don't think the style of beer is my favorite. Um, but it's got a nice flavor. It's easy to drink, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, man, that sounds pretty good. Another uh, Colorado uh, local beer. That's good. You won't be surprised to know that I am drinking one of my Shiner Variety Pack beers. Um, <laughs> so I got another Shiner beer here, but uh, it is called the Shiner Triple Seven IPL, and it is Indian Pale or India Pale Lager, which is aged on oak staves. Which I really don't know what that means, but uh, it sounds pretty cool. Uh, it tastes pretty pretty good. It's pretty hoppy, so uh, I'm digging it. Yeah. So uh, with that out of the way. Uh, we got our brewskis going. Uh, I believe you will introduce us to what we're going to talk about next. Yeah, dude. Um, so one thing that both of us noticed after we recorded the first episode is that we didn't really give too much background info about ourselves or this podcast. I mean, we tell you what we do in the podcast, but we didn't tell you, you know, what inspired it or what led up to it. And uh, that might not be of interest to everyone, but I think it's something worth talking about because it's informing why we're doing what we're doing today. So I did want to talk about the story of how we met. Okay. Because uh, we are, we were online friends for a long time. We met on Twitch.tv, um, the Shout out to video Twitch. game live streaming platform. Shoutouts to Twitch.tv. <laughs> we met on Twitch.tv in, I think, October of 2015. I believe that is correct, yes. And I was, 
I'm pretty sure I was streaming one of the Pokemon games. It was either Pokemon Stadium or Gold. I can't remember. I'm fairly sure it was Stadium. Okay. And I remember I found your channel because I was browsing for someone playing Pokemon games. I just felt like watching something Pokemon related. And I like watching small streamers because um, that way you get to interact with them a little more and interact with the chat and all that good stuff. So uh, I hopped into your channel. You were playing Pokemon Stadium and it was love at first sight. Dude, it really was. Yeah. And we just kind of <laughs> hit it off from there. And I tuned into your streams with all your, man, you had so many creative, like, uh, I wouldn't say gimmicks, but like special little <laughs> things with like the interactive with the audience that was pretty dope. And that's how I got into the whole uh, bot stuff. And I made that, yeah. But anyway, that's that's here or there. But we are called the Interstate Gamers because we are friends, but also gamers from different states. And so we kind of bridged that gap and created a podcast for you guys. So we are the Interstate Gamers. Yeah, uh, I'm in Colorado. Kevin's from Tejas. Tejas. And uh, we have we have met in real life, finally. Well, we first met in December of 2016. We did. And we just had our, uh, our second ever meetup this past December, December 2017. Also, shout-outs to our good friend Kendall, who we also met on Twitch, and who came down to meet us this past December. So... The, uh, the three musketeers were all together again. Yeah, which was super, super fantastic. I'm pretty sure it's going to be an annual thing at this point, and I think I ought to make a trip up to Colorado the next time. Yeah, dude, I'm actually hosting uh, one of my good friends this week on kind of a spontaneous visit, so uh, I'm very excited. I'm gonna, I'm gonna up my hosting game as much as I can. I'm gonna get that exp, and uh, whenever you come <laughs> around, I'll be ready for you, dude. Yeah, you'll be like level ninety nine. Yeah. Um, anyway, enough about that. Let's get to the real meat and taters of this podcast. Taters, yeah, the potatoes. Always the potatoes, dude. Always the potatoes. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite games of all time. One of my uh, one of my desert island games, as I call them. Which, by the way, is something I think we should talk about in one episode or another. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about... Let me hit you with this. Okay. Are, are you ready? Hit me. Hit me, dude. Star Fox 64. Can't let you do that, Star Fox. Oh, shoot. For the Nintendo 64, obviously, released June 30th, 1997, which was about, um, let's see, about nine months maybe after the release of the system in North America. Mm-hmm. So pretty early N64 game. And uh, one of my favorite video games of all time. In this podcast, I'll, you know, I'll gladly spend the entire podcast telling you why which is kind of the entire point. Mm-hmm. But I do have my critiques of it, so I'm hoping to bring a <laughs> a balanced, if fanboyish, angle to this discussion. <laughs> a hot, fresh take. <laughs> hot, fresh take. Well, why don't we get started in the breakdown? You think you think it's time for that, or we got anything else? Uh, no, that's about it. I, I do want to say, uh, as a sort of reintroduction for people who might not have listened to the first episode, um, we're going to discuss three categories of the game end of every game we talk about and those three categories are gameplay aesthetics and content and we will each give a rating for those categories and then we'll average our ratings together at the end to give our overall interstate gamers score correct correct so uh, i think a few of our listeners know of this game uh yeah perhaps a few people out there in the world i don't know maybe but yes star fox 64 a super duper classic Love this game when I was a kid, but I did need to revisit this game. And, you know, me being a video game podcaster, you know, where we rate games and stuff, uh, 
I needed to come from like a completely unbiased angle. So once again, I had my good buddy Ryan. Uh, he came over and uh, we he kind of watched me play it and go through it. And uh, I will say the beginning was very frustrating <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, we were playing on his Wii U. And uh, man, I was like, I'm used to the 64 controls. And, you know, I think this might be a little finicky. And at first I was definitely right about that aspect, but I'm not going to count that against Star Fox. I'm going to count that against the... The way that it was designed for the 64 and not for the Wii U uh, controllers. So that was pretty interesting. But if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and get to my gameplay if that's that's cool with you. You have my permission. All right. So <laughs> uh, I loved the arcade style of this game. Uh, I think that was one of the most uh, unique aspects to me. You know, it felt a lot like uh, Galaga or some of the older arcade games in that these enemies would kind of just come out in front of you and you could charge one of your beams and you could just blast the lead one and it would like kind of take out the rest of them, which I thought was pretty cool. Or you can, you know, like shoot them all. But uh, I thought that was really cool. It's really fun to try to beat your score or uh, reach a path you've never done or save people who help you later and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. Um, it's a game that you could just kind of really pick up and play and has high replay value. So I think anytime you have high replay value... And you can just go back to the game at any time, quickly pick it up, and just do a quick run through of Star Fox sixty four. You know that kind of already gives the game a good repertoire. So some of the other mechanics that I thought were pretty cool, or the the mechanics themselves were pretty dope. I thought, mm-hmm. like you're in this freaking this freaking jet, or I don't know. They made it seem really sleek and cool. When I would first play this as a kid, did, I was wait, like, Did you just say sleeking? Yes. Did you say it seemed they made it really sleek and cool? <laughs> or did you say sleek and? I, I, I you know, <laughs> maybe we could edit that out. <laughs> nah, dude. Sleeking. Oh, no. Okay. Hashtag oh, sleeking. No, it's forever embedded. Oh, no. <laughs> dude, I, my eyebrows are on sleek right now. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's roll with it. All right. But as a kid, you know, I thought it was really sleek and cool. And I was like, you know, this, this. This plane, this uh, R-Wing, as they call it, it's freaking cool. You could do a barrel roll. You could do different flips, speed boosts. You have lasers and bombs, although the bombs were kind of like... I found I found it difficult to use the bombs because I would always like shoot them and be like, all right, I'm going to hit this guy. They'd go past them and explode behind them and be like, ugh. But maybe I just suck with the bombs. Quick button here. Did you know that you can detonate the bombs manually whenever you want after you shoot them? Oh, you know what? That is right. I kind of remember that now. Yeah. That would have been helpful. Ah, <laughs> uh, dang. Well, now I know. Now I know. So when I go back and play through tonight, because honestly, I've been addicted. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be a good hint. But I just thought, you know, the mechanics were really cool. It really drew you into the game with just what you can do and the thing. Uh, just barrel roll off these freaking lasers. Like, as a kid and even as an adult now, I thought that was one really cool aspect about the game. Uh, I thought it had a good storyline without really having to go into too much detail. Um, they kind of just tell you simple things, but it really adds up into this grand story of you versus um, Venom and the planet and Andros. And there's this whole storyline that, you know, with you and your dad, and he got betrayed and captured and stuff like that. Spoilers for anybody who doesn't know by now, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I pity the fool. One 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 thing that I guess was not too great was it lags in some instances as it is a 64 game and it's just kind of like okay like you know when there's a lot of stuff is happening the RAM can't handle it 
And, you know, that's not really their fault. They did the best they could, but it does kind of like meh. I mean, that was just one little critique I had. The Landmaster that they make you use, uh, the tank, basically, I thought that was okay. The Blue Marine, not a fan. Not a fan of the Blue Marine mission. Um, probably one of my least favorite. <laughs> I thought that thing is a piece of junk, but that's just pers- <laughs> that's me personally. And uh, for those who don't know, the Blue Marine is a submarine. Yes, yes. So there's, I think, one level that makes you do it. Yeah. There's two levels I wasn't able to get to, Sector Z, and uh, I've been to them before, but when in my recent playthroughs, I wasn't able to get to them. Because it's actually quite hard to do so, and I couldn't remember how to stay on that path. But uh, Right. Yeah. Um, another thing is the multiplayer. I remember it being pretty fun. I know there's a lot of people who don't really enjoy it, but in my opinion, it's pretty much just like Mario Kart. Uh, just a Star Fox version of it. What do you mean? I mean, like, you know, in Mario Kart and battle mode, you know, you're just running around trying to hit people and you have three balloons and whatnot, which I thought was very fun. You know, I, I like that simple, but like still fun. Yeah. Star Fox, you're in a Star Fox R-Wing and you're trying to suit your friends and you can get items around the map and uh, it helps you. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was exactly like Mario Kart. So if you like battle mode and Mario <laughs> Kart, I don't see why you wouldn't like Star Fox multiplayer. Yeah, and uh, I feel I feel a similar way about the multiplayer. It's certainly not fleshed out by any means, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But um, it is it is enjoyable. It's fun for what it is, and it's certainly not the main draw of the game anyway. Yeah. Although you know, if they gave it more attention, it could have been better, and I think it could have improved some people's opinions on it. But um, it is the way it is. You know. Did you have more comments on gameplay? Just a few. I, the gameplay was my biggest section. So sorry if this is like in a. A super elaborate thing. Oh no worries, man. We're we're here to talk about this game. Yeah, I think gameplay is Star Fox sixty four strongest suit. Mm. Um, so I, I wanted to go into uh, a little bit of detail about that. But um, going back to it, like I said before, I think it's a frustrating game, especially when you get started into it and you don't know what to do. Um, it's kind of Dark Souls esque in that you have to learn from your mistakes um, about the enemies and what to do. Um, especially if you lose peop- uh, some of your uh, friends because they kind of give you hints of what to do. And I know each uh, character that you is in your team gives you a different hint. Like Falco, I think, tells you where to go. Slippy, I'm not sure what he does, but Peppy, I think he tells you about the boss enemies and stuff like that. So each has a different role, and if you don't save them or they crash in the mission and they need to get repaired, um, you don't have them on a team for them to tell you that stuff. Right. So uh, it can be frustrating. You have to learn from your mistakes. So, like I said, Dark Souls esque. Uh, Solar is the most frustrating level to me. <laughs> I, I had so much trouble with that, but I finally got it, and I was super excited when I did that. So, automatically means good game. You just got to get good. Yeah, I got to get good, dude. But that's that about does it for gameplay. That's pretty much what I want to say. So, uh, what you got for me? Um, so piggybacking off of a couple of your points, first of all, I do want to say before I forget that you might be the very first person ever to compare a Star Fox game to Dark Souls. Ooh, yeah, I might be. Or at least, <laughs> at least this game. Yeah. <laughs> that, that threw me for a loop, but I held my tongue and I let you explain. And uh, I, I haven't played too much Dark Souls, so I can't really um, comment, but I get where you're coming from. You know, I can, I can see what you mean, and that's a good point. Also, when you first mentioned that you enjoy the arcade feel, I uh, I had never thought of it that way, but I think you're totally right. Like in the way that the enemies come at you and the way that the game progresses, I I was actually envisioning an arcade port of this game, 
like where you're in a little cabin and you know it yeah. moves around and all that stuff like and and it would be perfect like um you know if you lose a life or if your health gets too low then maybe you have to insert more coins you know what mm-hmm. have you um but yeah like it's it's definitely very arcadey like if you're not struggling too much you can finish one run of the game in like 30 to 45 minutes um i don't remember exactly but it it is a short game um it does have the replay value cuz there are branching paths you can achieve things in certain levels that will enable you to travel to a different level than you could otherwise. Yeah. It's a fun thing to figure out. Yeah. You know, I, I have not been new to this game in a very, very, very long time. I quite literally grew up with it. So I don't remember what it felt like to be like frustrated at the game. Right. I don't remember not knowing what to do to go a certain way or how to beat a certain enemy. So I'm kind of glad that you like came in with a perspective a little more like a little more recent of a perspective if you will where you yeah. you know had moments of frustration and of learning and all that stuff yeah and i think to add to the real quick to add to the arcade thing another thing that adds to it is it has a high score thing like a lot of arcades do <laughs> yeah so and and fun fact i beat ryan's high score many times ryan nice. if you're listening i'm about to take over your whole high score board so uh he, he lent me his wii u for replaying so <laughs> oh sweet that's nice man yeah yeah, Ryan, uh, quickly earning a spot as number one Interstate Gamers uh, guest contributor by means yeah. <laughs> of letting you play his games. Yeah, we should have him on the podcast sometime soon. I don't know when, but I, it's probably going to be something about Metroid for sure. Dude, we'll we'll work him in there. And same with uh, yeah. same with our boy Chris, who boy. I think would be a great person to talk to us about Zelda and specifically Link to the Past. Shoutouts. Yes, I agreed. Shoutouts. Anyways, continue. You know, I didn't really take many detailed notes on... I. Well, first I'll admit that I did not replay this game before we had this discussion because I've, like, I know it like the back of my hand. And I was right. fairly confident, like, I could just strut up to the microphone and yell some shit and then do a good job. <laughs> That's um, all we do anyway. Yeah. So, not too many detailed notes on the gameplay, but I do think it's extremely satisfying to play. I think that the R-Wing, um, the R-Wing specifically, controls really, really well and really responsibly, um... I think it's pretty. It, it's it, it can be a little bit tricky to execute the advanced maneuvers like somersaults and U turns and stuff, but they're not really all that hard. Um, once you learn them, they're easy to do on command, and um, the mechanics really add a lot of depth. I think. I think barrel rolling and deflecting lasers is really fun. The game moves along at a nice pace. I think you're never really at a loss for like some hot action. You know? Oh um, yeah. <laughs> you're always blowing. <laughs> you're always blowing up shit. Always gonna have that hot action. I was gonna have that hot action. Shit, man, it's just a good game. Like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Completely opposite to you. This is probably the section where I have the least to say. Oh, that's good because the other sections where I'm just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but overall, very satisfying. Um, easy to pick up and play, as you said, which I think is a big plus, especially for this type of game. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, end it there. I didn't have all that much to say. All right, real quick, great. real quick. Yeah. Do you remember your high score? And I want to see if I've beaten it. First of all, no way in hell you've beaten it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. I was, I was kind of thinking that, but on the off chance, do you know? I think it's like fourteen hundred something. Oh dear lord! Okay, no, yeah, I'm nowhere near. I almost got eight hundred uh, on my third playthrough. 
and I was three points off. And I was like, if I could have, if I would have just known how close I was, I wasn't even paying attention to the <laughs> score at the time. I was just trying to go my alternate route. But I was like, man, that's a lot higher than what Ryan had initially on his high score. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, all right. How about you do aesthetics then? Now that you've shown me up on gameplay and that you know more <laughs> via high score. Sure. Uh, I do want to make a quick note that um, you mentioned that you did not access two of the levels when you were replaying. One of those levels is an extremely high scoring level where you can easily get like 400 plus kills. So that definitely has oh. something to do with it. <laughs> the the route yeah. you take is very important. And there and there are people who not only speed run this game, but they also do score runs, which is really cool. Ryan didn't believe me that uh, people speed run this game. Oh yeah, of course they do. Yeah. Like it, it is on... You know, I guess that's something we should mention. Um, <laughs> circling back to gameplay, the way that this game works, I'm sorry that I didn't mention this before, but um, it's it's called uh, an on-rails shooter. So you're constantly moving forward, um, and you, you can boost and you can break, but you're constantly moving forward along a predetermined path, and the enemies and other environmental things appear along that path, and you can interact with them as you like. Um, so that's the way that the game works, and there are some sections where you enter all range mode, which then the level opens up and becomes like roughly square in shape. Yeah, and you fly around in whatever direction you want. Um, when you reach the boundary, you automatically U turn and go back to the action. Um, and that's <laughs> damn! I can't believe that we forgot to <laughs> mention yeah. how the game fundamentally works. Uh, yeah, well, let's take notes on that for our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. Thanks, Ryan, for uh, indirectly reminding us to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you turning back to, uh, I think, aesthetics. Yeah. What you got? So I got a lot to say, actually. Um, all good things. And I'll start with uh, visuals. So I think this game looks pretty great. Um, I think it does help that you're pretty much constantly moving, so you don't really have time to sit back and like admire blurry textures. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, some some games like Super Mario 64, if you're standing still, you can really look around and see how jacked up things can look. But uh, in this game, I think there's some really nice effects. I think the explosions look pretty good, except for the boss explosions, which are like big circles or spheres. Those are pretty funny. Oh, you don't like those? I love them, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're great. It It gives a lot of like, I mean, it's kind of cheesy sometimes, but I don't know. They're just oh, like the whole, the whole damn game is cheesy, son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually one of my talking points. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a good-looking game. Um, there are some frame rate issues at certain times, but I don't think they happen all that often. Or maybe as a person who's grown up with a game, maybe I'm just too used to them to like notice that they're there. Um, but I think in general, the game runs at a pretty good clip. Yeah. So that's a visual plus. Um, I think one of the strongest things about this game is the visual feedback from certain things that happen. And this kind of bleeds into audio for me, so I'll, I'll just kind of segue into that, mm-hmm. um, if you don't mind. But the the visual and aural feedback in this game is really, really, really solid. Um, whenever you get hit by something, you flash red. I think the entire screen flashes red, actually, if memory serves. Um, not too much, but enough. And your ship jerks violently whenever you get hit. And there's like a really prominent sound effect, like a jink, yeah. that like lets you know, in no uncertain terms, they just got hit by something. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's crazy is that when you collide with an object, like rather than getting hit by a laser, let's say your wing clips a wall or something. So all that same stuff happens, 
but the sound effect for that is like this deafening crash that lets you know like oh shit you just ran into something you dummy yeah but it's really good that this game does this stuff because there are times when there is a lot of stuff going on on the screen and it can be a little bit difficult to tell heads from tails if you're not paying too much attention so the fact that the game is just so solid at letting you know when you get hit or when you hit other enemies they do similar things they flash red um they make sounds when you're hitting them. They make sounds when they explode, obviously. You know, the game is really, really good at conveying that sort of information. I think that's a huge strength of it. Yeah. One, one cool touch on the sound side is that if you're playing in a space level as compared to an atmospheric level, the explosions are, sound different. Oh, do they? Yeah, when you're in space, all the explosions are kind of like a chung, sort of like, sort of a subtle sound, uh-huh. considering that they're explosions. But... When you're playing in the atmosphere, they have a more like crunchy sort of like sort of explosive sound. Oh, I like those. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's kind of a it's a nice touch. I guess it's a nod to the fact that sound doesn't travel in space, um, which yeah. you know opens up plot holes in like every sci-fi thing ever for the most yeah. part. Uh, <laughs> really cool Nintendo polish there for sure. Yeah, definitely. I am about to talk about the music, but do you have anything to say regarding visuals that you want to chat about? And we can the visuals. Sort of- um, well, you kind of touched into to some of the audio that I was wanting to uh, chime in on. You know, you you said it lets you know that you've gotten hit. I like when it when you're well. There's also the you know your wing can fall off and you start falling down. So that it's a good visual cue, or you know you catch on fire and stuff like that. But there's also when you get when your health's really low and you start getting hit. It's like there's like three different uh, tunes that they play, not tunes, but little little things that they play, uh, little clips that like a warning has, siren almost. Yeah, it it has stayed in my brain from when I was a little kid to now because I remember when I got hit at low health and when I was playing the game, I remember the sound very vividly. It was like point it, point it, point it, point it, point it, point it, point it. If I, you know, my <laughs> lack of <laughs> professional sound making abilities, but it was like that. It's like point it, point it, point it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, and that, that's a really good point as well. I, that's one of my favorite uh, aspects of it. So I didn't mention that in my notes, and then you know you mentioned like almost some kind of a uh, haptic feedback kind of thing. So I thought I'd add <laughs> that in there. Uh, I don't know if it's called haptic feedback. I I don't know if that's vibration or if like it, all of that. Um, I think that's just vibration, but I'm not an expert. I'm just a fan. For our fact checkers out there, uh, let us know if it, the proper term is haptic feedback I'm almost certain it's not but anyway haptic feedback is definitely not the proper term <laughs> anyway going into audio going into audio what do you got for me so I already talked about audio feedback which was one of my biggest um, biggest notes that I took but another thing I want to talk about is the music in this game of course um, the music in this game is good but I don't think it stands terribly well on its own. You know, every now and then I'll go and listen to video game soundtracks. Often it's from The Legend of Zelda or from Pokemon. I actually did that the other day. I was listening to Gen 3 Pokemon music and I was just, I was pumped. But the music in this game, it, uh, it it's kind of subtle most of the time, except when you're fighting a boss, in which case, you know, it definitely amps up. But overall, it's a little more atmospheric, I guess, than you would expect from a game like this. Like, it would have been really easy to slap, you know, like, 80s inspired guitar rock tunes over it and make it you know top gun-esque but it doesn't really do that it's a little more laid back there's a lot of orchestral arrangements which is nice 
and maybe it's fine for the music to not stand on its own super well. Um, you know, part of that might be because there's a whole lot of voice acting in this game, which is another topic I want to talk about. When there's less music going on, you can hear all the sounds better. You know, you can hear the audio feedback that we both talked about. So you can hear your teammates chatting with you, which is sometimes important, sometimes not so important. Yeah. But overall, I think the music is solid. It does its job. Um, and the tunes are memorable. Don't get me wrong. I, I think they're pretty memorable if you play the game over and over again. Um, although I guess most things would be <laughs> with yeah. repeated exposure. <laughs> but I do want to talk about the voice acting. Okay. Because frankly, I think it's really, really impressive. I mean, we're talking about an early N64 game, came out maybe nine months into the system's release, and it's got full voice acting the entire way through. You have a narrator who tells you the uh, the storyline before you start your game. You have Fox, Peppy, Slippy, and Falco. They all have their unique voices. Um, every boss character has a voice, which is crazy. And they all say goofy things like, I'm going to crush you! And you'll never defeat Andros! Etc. Which is great. Yeah. Or their their cries for help. <laughs> <laughs> My emperor! I failed I you! I failed you! <laughs> And then, of course, we have Star Wolf, which, you know, are the badass, the badassest motherfuckers, the side of, you know. Texas. <laughs> Texas. The most, the most <laughs> badass motherfuckers, <laughs> the side of Quinaria. Oh, my gosh. They're great. I love Star oh, Wolf. This side of Quinaria. I'll talk more about them later. But, <laughs> but the voice acting, it's, it's corny. No doubt about it. It's over the top. It's very much a product of its time. Right, but I swear this game has like the most memorable dialogue ever. Exactly. Like I could probably quote the entire game to you if you, you know, if you gave me a hundred dollars and incentivized me to do such a thing, which would take a long time because there's so much voice acting. Right. It's it's great. Like every character is memorable. Right. I I agree with you. Every character from from the protagonists to the boss characters you see in only one level, like they all say dumb shit, and it's great. And you never forget them. They stick with you for your entire yeah. life, if you're me. And, and you know, I agree with that, too. And I remembered a lot of the quotes. And I think a lot of people remember a lot of quotes. And it's kind of like a huge meme um, sometimes. But Ryan, uh, who didn't... I, th- I don't think he played the game that long ago. I think he... It was a, sometime later before he played the game. And he remembered the quotes very vividly. He said the same thing that you did. And I think you've played it longer than he has. Um, substantially so. So, I mean... I think that's a big point of emphasis that you mentioned. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. It's one of the things I had in my notes as well, so got that out of the way. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that wraps it up for me in terms of audio and music and such. Uh, do you have any more comments you want to add? Uh, no, I can get into my aesthetics portion, which is kind of like it'll, it'll touch some points. Uh, you know, Some of the things that you already touched on, I, I probably won't go over because I'll, I'll maybe mention it, but I won't go too in deep depth um, because you already mentioned it. But um, one thing we have forgotten to do, I think last time we rated, like we gave ratings for each category um, every time we went through them. But that's uh, okay. Dude, I was I was trying to I was trying to be sneaky about it, and we could like sneak yeah. it into the end because I I noticed that too. Uh, we don't want to lie to our fellow podcasters. We no, screwed we up. We're keeping we, it. We're keeping it hundred. We're keeping it hundred. We'll just tell you our ratings for each category at the end. Um, I think that'll be fun. So stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned for our, our total rankings. Anyways, 
going into aesthetics for me, I'm going to start with visuals because you know how I kind of do it. If you remember from the first um, podcast, I t- kind of take visuals and audio and I average those together and uh, I make aesthetics what the rating that it is. So uh, aesthetics, aesthetics. Uh, going into visuals, in in my opinion, I think it's. I think it's pretty good for its time. Uh, there's a lot of things like the, uh, I don't know, the, there's a lot of iconic stuff like the Sector Z logo. I mean, everybody knows that one, right? Um, especially from Smash Bros and stuff like that. Or like, you know, the models even then, they're pretty good for its time. Like the R-Wing, I think, looks pretty sexy in my opinion. Um, so yeah. I think the whole game looks really good, especially for its time. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you the visuals and audio ratings, and you're probably going to gather what my aesthetic rating will be in the end after we total it, but my visuals, I gave it like a 93 because I thought it was you know, on par with something that's pretty great for its time. Um, the credit scenes at the end I thought were pretty cool. I, I actually watched them every single time. I didn't go into another room. I, I watched them every <laughs> single time. <laughs> That's a good point. I'd forgotten about the credits. Yeah, the credits were honestly pretty amazing for a game. And even though they were long, like I wanted to like watch them. Um, there are some things like uh, you know in Mario Kart sixty four, we talked about the sprites turning towards the camera. I noticed there's some of that in Star Fox sixty four um, with some of some of the characters, like the centipede looking thing. I think he is a sprite. Um, also, when you're in the planet select menu or the level select menu, all of those are sprites, except for like a couple. So like when you're turning to look at the galaxy, <laughs> they all turn with you and you're like, okay, well, why is this a thing? Why didn't you just keep it <laughs> static if you didn't have 3D models for it? Which, by the way, is another really cool Nintendo touch, like having that uh, rotatable galaxy view. You can zoom in and out, look at all the different planets. And there's a lot of them. There's like, I'm, I'm surprised I don't know offhand, but there are many, many celestial bodies in that galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I, I actually spent like a good two minutes like rotating and being like, and Ryan as my witness once again, um, I was just sitting there for like two minutes rotating. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at these sprites, man. <laughs> Something as a kid you wouldn't even bother to look at, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think aesthetics were, or the visuals were pretty good. So I gave it a 93. Uh, moving on to the audio, um, I thought it had some pretty recognizable tunes that we know today. Uh, like you said, not too outstanding, but you know, some here and there that you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty nice to listen to. One thing that I thought about those tunes was that it brought a lot of intensity in the moment and still kept you know, the voice acting and things like that um, relevant. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought the... The tunes were good for what it needed to be. And the voice acting was what really set the game apart from some other games, especially during that time. Especially, like you said, because of the great quotes like, I can't let you do that, Star Fox. <laughs> or, Andros's enemy's my enemy. Oh my god, I love Andrew. He's so <laughs> Yeah, so... Such, such a little shitter. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Some really great quotes. Uh, so I agree with you. I gave audio a 93 as well, so obviously you know my aesthetics are going to be a 93, but... Damn. Damn. Anyway, <laughs> that's my aesthetics. I'm pretty pretty satisfied with how I rated them on that, so... 
Moving on to content. And I think you have a lot to talk about in this regard. Oh, man. Our, uh, our listeners don't even know the half of it. They don't. So let me explain. Um, so a couple of years ago, I made a post on Reddit about my feelings on the unlockable content in Star Fox 64. I don't know what inspired me to do this. It was the summer immediately after I graduated. I was kind of chilling in Arizona, not doing too much. So I had a lot of time to ruminate and reflect, think about the more important things in life, like Star Fox 64. And and I ended up (laughs) writing like a literal essay, which was like six pages in Google Docs, I think, where I typed it up. Um, And I'm I'm not going to read the essay verbatim, as tempted as I am to do that. Um, I'm just going to give you the skinny. Um, well, you know, before that, I'm going to say that for the end of my, okay. of my section, okay. actually, I'm going to talk about other stuff first. I just want, I just want the people to know. I was ready for the skinny. Honestly, I was like on my heels, like, all right, oh, here's dude. the skinny, but well, I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry to blue heel you, but the skinny's coming. <laughs> Don't worry. Sleeking right over it. So, uh, as a reminder for listeners, the content section is where we talk about, well, you know, the content of the game as in the amount of game there is to play, the uh, the replayability, the replay value, as it were, storyline, if the storyline's important, other things like that that don't really neatly fit into other categories. And actually, one thing I do want to get out of the way, this is one of the exact same complaints I had about Mario Kart 64. So, hmm, sensing a pattern here from this sample size of two games. You don't like the content of some games. <laughs> I got issues with the content. Yeah, you're not satisfied. You want more. Give him more. Give my man more. more. Not he doesn't want to be skinny. He wants to be, you know, well built. He wants to be fed properly. I've been skinny for twenty four years. I'm tired of this shit. Anyway, <laughs> so the single complaints, not the single complaint, but this this complaint that this game shares with Mario Kart sixty four in my mind is that there's no way to just select one level and just play it. Yeah. If you want to play one of the later levels, you know, you got to suck it up and go through the rest of it, which. Honestly, it's not a big issue because this game's really fun and really great, and I love it. So I'm not going to complain all day about this just for a little while. But I think it's a fairly obvious thing. Like maybe you know, there's a quick play menu where you can choose any level that you've already been to or already completed, and you can just play that level and be done with it. In Mario Kart 64, the issue was you couldn't, as a single player, mind you, you couldn't select one track and just play it unless you're doing a time trial. You had to do the Grand Prix do the whole hog, you know, make your way there. And Star Fox 64 is a longer game than Mario Kart 64. You know, your average play session's a lot longer, so I think that's a little bit more of an issue. Yeah. But the good thing is that the game is replayable and that there are there are the branching paths. There are secrets that you can discover and unravel the more times you play the game, so that's good. Yeah. That's the pre-skinny. The pre-skinny. From my end, the pre-skinny. Okay. Are you ready for the actual skinny? I am ready for all of the skinny. Whatever is left of the skinny, I want it. Like, I'm ready for it. I've been waiting for it this whole time. All right, well, let's go. Um, so the thing I wrote this six-page Reddit essay about <laughs> was, uh, was the unlockable content in this game. Yeah. Two things. Number one is that the unlockables don't play to the strengths of the game, which I'll elaborate on in just a sec. And the second thing is that the reward of the unlockables is not proportionate to the effort that you have to put in to get the unlockables in the first place. Okay. So a couple examples. 
The reason that the unlockables don't play to the strengths of the game very well is that the unlockables are mostly multiplayer unlockables. For example, if you uh, fulfill certain requirements on levels, you get medals, which is kind of like a exterior sign of progress you can get, which is cool. If you get a certain medal in like the final level of the game, then you can play as the tank in versus mode, in multiplayer mode, which is pretty cool. But the issue is that the tank is like kind of shitty in multiplayer, unless both <laughs> of you are tanks. Actually, yeah. even then it's kind of <laughs> shitty because like you can't really hit a ground level object if you're the tank. But um, <laughs> but like it, it's a, it's a little, you know, you do this relatively difficult thing in single player, and you unlock a somewhat useless, a cool but somewhat useless feature in multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And this is not a multiplayer focused game, as we talked about earlier. Like it's very obviously focused on the single player experience. So like why don't you get something cool in the single player mode for doing stuff in single player? Now, to the game's credit, if you get medals on I, I believe if you get medals on all the levels in single player, then you unlock a harder version of single player called expert mode. <laughs> it's not entirely new. It's like the same game, but there are more enemies and you take a little more damage and whatever. But it's basically the same game. It's recycled is what it is. Right. And if you get all of the medals on all the levels in expert mode, then you get the final reward. Drum roll. And guess what? The final reward is an alternate title screen. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) I'm not done. Okay. The alternate title screen, so the default title screen for people who don't know, is the four pilots lined up in a tidy little row facing the front of the camera, and they do like funny little animations, and that's the title screen. Oh, boy. Now, the alternate title screen, get ready for this. It's the same thing, but the characters are like at an angle, like a perspective-y angle to the camera instead of facing it head-on, and that's the only difference. (laughs) And it's like, it takes so much time and effort and skill to do the things you have to do to unlock that, and you know, how long do you spend on the title screen? Like half a second? Most people? Yeah. Like I just wanna I just want more game to play. Or like Oh, I, I go into a lot of detail about this in my <laughs> yeah. six page Reddit essay, but like, you know, give me a bonus level that I can just play, like, you know, maybe pull some stuff from the original Star Fox. Like they had a black hole level. That's really cool. Maybe if I beat the game inside and out, then I can play the black hole level. Right. Or Maybe let me play in a crazy little Star Wolf mission where I get to be the bad guys and destroy uh-huh. Slippy like in good conscience, you know? Like maybe maybe that's what I want. Like just uh, it just frustrates me, man. And Yeah, I can, I can tell you're getting triggered. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel I feel very passionate about this. Yeah. And the beer's helping a little bit too. All right. But like, you know, give me give me stuff. Give me the stuff that I deserve for being so good at this game and for putting so much time into it. Don't like don't just give me a shitty little title screen if I spent <laughs> however many hours doing your shit. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. That's just, I, I see your point. Yeah. Now having gone on that rant that I just went on, yeah. which by the way, has ended. Okay. Having done that, my first critique about the, uh, about the lack of a quick play, like single level play option that I think is more of an issue, <laughs> yeah. But it's not as interesting of an issue, so I wanted to go ahead and rant about the unlockables for a bit. Okay. So that's uh, that's more or less my piece. I'm I'm ready to hand you the mic. 
All right, all right. Well, I guess my uh, my content section will be kind of. It won't be almost a rebuttal, but it will kind of be a somewhat of a rebuttal, and maybe maybe help you think it from a different perspective that might not get you so triggered. But I think in the end, you'll still think what you think. But let, here we go. Let me just take it from a outsider's non-biased perspective. At least that's what I want to say it is. But it could not. I'm be. Very intrigued. Okay, so. What I, let me just start off by saying I do enjoy the content that the game has in general. Like I like how you can unlock different paths, and it takes you know quite a bit of effort to do those things. Um, it also makes you explore the levels and all the different things that you have to do in the levels to get said path. Um, I also like that you can encounter different characters within the game. That if you help keep them alive, you see them later in the game, and they kind of help you out in random you know, pieces of different levels, but, you know, they're really not that helpful. And I think more often than not, maybe not all the time, it's just literally the next level they help you out. Um, But I did enjoy that, and I think especially if you're a kid, you're like, oh, wow, that's cool, you know, I really enjoy that, or finding out the different path, you know, you're like, man, that's really awesome and cool. And I think that is something to be said about the content and what the developers went out of their way to do. Right. So I would say to your point, you know, where you had accomplished all these super duper hard things, they wanted to reward you, but I feel like it's almost as if they either didn't have time, space, or just, I mean, they are probably really tired and they may have gotten <laughs> pretty lazy on it. You know what I mean? I feel like they did such a great job on all these extra parts of the game that they wanted to reward you, but they could only do so much. Uh, especially at the given time, budget, and probably time frame they had to complete the game. Now, it's no excuse, I understand, and it's probably something that you want, but I mean, think about how hard it would be to make an extra mode where you were playing on some different mission or something like that. Maybe maybe even playing as Star Wolf, and then you'd have to do like this whole uh, making Star Wolf's ship and programming it, and then, uh, well, I mean, they already made the ship, I guess, but uh, making it programmable for you and uh, tying more voice acting to it. I mean, they probably got down to the nitty gritty. They're like, okay, they accomplished all these things. We have all these stats, and why don't we just make it unique and interesting in that way that we record all of these stats and we'll give you some extra tidbits, but nothing too spectacular. Now, I will say they probably intended for the Landmaster to be really cool, but it ended up probably not being. Or I, you know, I never got. I'm not that skilled. I'm not as skilled as you. But um, just from listening to it, it sounds like they intended it for it to be cool, but it just wasn't, and that's on them. But um, I can imagine as like a kid, you're unlocking the landmaster, you're like, oh yeah, this is awesome. And then you get yeah. to the multiplayer mode, and you're like, damn, you know, this kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like the natural order of it's the food chain of combat vehicles, right? Like, yeah, if you're an airplane in Star Fox, you're going to beat the tank in Star Fox. Like that's just the way it is. Yeah. But, um, I do, I do hear you, of course, on the on the topic of, you know, there being limitations, whether it's memory or storage, whether it's time, whether it's budget, whatever. Um, that that makes, of course, perfect sense that they couldn't stuff in all these features. Which, by the way, I'm asking for these features twenty years later. You know, like, <laughs> um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and w- when we're here playing the game, and when I've played the game for as long as I have, I can, I've had a whole lot of time. To sit back and like cook up all these things in my head, right? Right. I, I've had time for these like missing features to make themselves clear to me. Whereas back then, maybe even if the other stuff wasn't an issue, like the time and the budget, maybe they just, you know, maybe it just didn't occur to them. 
Right. And they're like, oh, this is cool. You know, like this is like we've made this really awesome game. Here's a fun little tidbit if you complete all the stuff. And there you go. Yeah. I, d- I definitely, I'm definitely not trying to sound like a salty Simon here. I'm just trying to, you know. Yeah, no, I got you. Say what could have been. And, and that's why in my, in my content score, I won't be letting my unlockable tirade um, bring down the score very much. It's, it's kind of for comedic effect that I went through all that. Yeah. But uh, let me know in the comments if I was funny or not. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you played the 3DS version, I wonder? No, and I'm not even sure we've mentioned that yet on this episode, that there is a 3DS version. There is a 3DS version. I know they have a different uh, multiplayer mode, which is kind of funny how it works. I read a little bit up on it, um, but uh, yeah, you play. You basically do dogfights with other people, but you get to see their faces and reactions when you kill them and where they kill you, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. But um, wow. I, I want to play that game, especially since it looks so good and great, and I think there is some extra stuff, but I'm not sure how much, and so I kind of wonder you know, if you've done research on the 3DS version or... Are, like I think you should. Well, I don't know if you have a 3ds. You may. I don't think you do. You just have a regular I DS, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just have a regular one. Well, if you ever get a chance to play it, let me know or let us know how you feel about it. Or, like I said, if you've done research on it already, then I did a little bit of research when I was writing my six-page Reddit essay, and yeah. <laughs> um, it does have a mode called Score Attack, I believe is the name, and that is a mode where you can play individual levels. And depending on, I assume, your score, you can get a bronze or silver or gold medal. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's you know, that's pretty much what I was asking for, really. Um, when I was talking about, you know, the lack of a quick play feature, that's basically it. So that is something that I'm excited that they did. Um, it's one of those things that I think is a lot more expected in the modern gaming landscape. So it makes a lot of sense that they even added that feature. Yeah. Because, you know... Nowadays, it would be really obvious if it were missing, I think. Yeah. But um, that, that's that's sort of the extent of the research I've done. But Star Fox 64 3D does seem to be a good and well-reviewed remake. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they redid some of the voice acting. I'm not sure. They might have. I'm pretty sure they did, though. Um, but either way, if you've got a 3DS and you don't have an N64 and you're at all interested in Star Fox 64, I would definitely recommend picking up Oh yeah, Star Fox sixty four three DS. Yes, um, I've heard some of the few differences of it. It seems to be easier as all of the three DS games remakes seem to be. Really, uh, they did up the visuals, obviously, and all the models, and uh, they did redo the audio. They added f- some game modes and stuff like that. So I think it is what you're looking for. I do want to say though, um, I think the thing to remember, at least for me, is. For, it's an arcade style game, and I know this is like a something I mentioned earlier, and you hadn't really considered. I think you said, but since it is like an arcade style game, and I think that's really what it was kind of designed to be. I know. I think for what content it has, it's pretty satisfactory, and they wanted to challenge you, which is like what kind of arcade games did. They wanted to challenge you. They wanted you to work through the levels right. and not just instantly get to the level. So I think it was designed in a way to not let you choose a level but i think like you said in modern day times they you know it's kind of expected that you do get to go to those levels and just play them um, because they found that you know people like that more but um i would say since it's such an arcade like i like i keep saying arcade style game i (laughs) i i think i think that's okay that they don't have the um 
level select. Although I think it would be nice and it would be really cool. And for even, I mean, I, I think it should be, I would want it in there. But um, I think what they were trying to do makes sense, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I understand that. And um, I, I now, that, now that you mention it, I do think that the process of working through every level and going on the journey every time is probably what they intended. Yeah. And also, you and I, we're 23, 24 years old. We're, uh, you know, young professionals. And we don't have a lot of time on our hands, so maybe maybe we just want to go to that one level. But, oh, yeah. you know, when this game first came out, they're selling it to kids who are probably 11 or younger. And, you know, they, they got time to kill. They can bust through 45 minutes of Star Fox, no problem, right? And uh, that's another thing as well that maybe maybe we should consider as the audience of the game because, you know, we we, we yeah. were probably not the target audience if we were 23 years old back in 1997. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I think you're so right about that. I think audience is a big thing. Um, I think a lot of games that I play now, I've actually stated this for a lot of things like Fallout and things like that. A lot of people, they... They're, they're like, okay, Fallout 4, it, for some reason it just wasn't good and people are hard to explain why. I feel like it's because they don't have time to explore in detail um, as much as they used to with Fallout 3 because it has every bit of just content as Fallout 3 and arguably more. Um, but for some reason people like Fallout 3 more and it's almost unexplainable for some people. Like I, I ask them and they can really never tell me why. The game has more. You just don't have time to go through it all. It's, and I think, you know, when we, once as kids, you know, when we had, when we were able to go through it um, in detail and in depth, we really loved that. And you go back to the game, you're like, oh, I remember that I loved this game. And you start playing it and you're like, okay, you know, it doesn't seem to have as much. And that's because, you know, we've got jobs, we've got school, we've got all these other things. And, you know, those have to take priority. And, uh, if you really want to explore those games, you have to make it a huge time commitment and basically become a hobby. So um, I think that's an issue for a lot of people who are really critical at our age, I feel like. Um, They're like, this game isn't as good, doesn't have as much content, or things, various things like that. Um, I think that is something to take into consideration. Have you given it proper time? Have you given as much time as you did with Fallout 3? Because I didn't like Fallout 3 when I started playing it. Um, but I'm going into whole Fallout spiel, but it, it relates to <laughs> time and how much time you could put towards a topic. Anyway, um, I'm going to wrap that up for content. Um, so how about we we uh, give our ratings for each category, because I know we uh, kind of skipped out on that. That's our bad, but... Changing it up. Yeah, I'm going to give my gameplay score. I'm going to just jump right in. And uh, I'm going to say I gave it a 95 out of 100. Dang. What did you give gameplay? Give it a 5 out of 5, my boy. 5 out of 5. That's a exact 100. Um, cool. So pretty on par with that. Uh, aesthetics, I gave a 93. Duh, as I mentioned earlier. Um, what did you get for aesthetics? Well, I like to separate it into sound and visuals. Right. But this time, didn't matter because I gave them both a 5. Oh, shoot. It's, a hot streak. it's almost a perfect 100. Let's see what you got. So, content, I gave an 89. Um, I thought it was satisfactory, but, you know, as you mentioned, it lacks some things, um, but still 
pretty good. 89's not bad. It's one shy from a 90. I didn't think it deserved an A, but you know, <laughs> it's like they might want me to curve it up. So um how academic. If if Nintendo wants to send me a free copy of uh, Star Fox 64 3DS, um I would be more than happy to curve their score up to a 90. Just kidding. I, would, I wouldn't do that. You still get an 89. I'm a rigid teacher. Right. Anyway, what'd you get for content for your end? <laughs> I gave it a four out of five. A four out of five. So that's an 80. That is correct. So what does that round your score out to? Uh, mine comes out to a 92.3333, but for your sake, it's a 92. Thank you. You're very considerate. Um, <laughs> so mine, I have a five... A five and a four. Well, actually, I have five, 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 and four. Right. Which comes out to a 95. 95. So we're, once again, pretty on par. You, and I think this may, those ratings make sense. You know, I'm like, I think it's a pretty good game. And I really enjoyed playing it, but this is like one of your favorite games of all time. Yeah. So makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So uh, what does that bring our Interstate Gamers average to? I want to say, well, um, Bust out that calculator, son. Busting out that calculator. Do you got it or I got it? You got it. Okay. That's why I asked you what the average was. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 93.5. I should have just gathered that. I could have done that in my head. I don't know why I need to calculate. 93.5. That's solid. That's obviously going to jump straight up to the top you know, of our ratings. Right. Our uh, interstate gamer ratings. Because so, we have um, Mario Kart 64 sitting at a pretty, what, like 84 or something like that? Yeah, it was like 83, 84, or something like that, um, which was pretty on par with like the Metacritic score. I know the Metacritic <laughs> score for uh, for this game was actually 88. Damn. Yeah. For being uh, uh, very slightly more generous than the uh, average critic. Yeah, and uh, even more interesting, I think you'd find this interesting, we talked so highly about 3DS, and we thought you know our, our audience should really invest in it. It actually got an 81, so... Yeah. That's kind of fair. Like, you know, it is a remake, and remakes are the same game. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not too versed in the world of how remakes are usually rated, but what can you do? It's interesting, yeah. Anyway, uh, I believe that does it for our ratings, but we still have our last segment of the day to come up. Are you ready? Because I'm, like, super pumped about this one. Dude, Kevin, tell me all about this segment. Tell me the entire story. So like episode one, it's going to be the segment called Quick Attack. And what we do here is we have a set of questions that are basically like buy or sell. And you have to basically buy or sell some kind of gaming news um, that I feed you. Mm. So I will be t- like Yummy. giving you all these gaming news and you're going to be like, okay, I either buy or sell that. But we put a twist on it and that we change the words buy or sell to some different and creative terms. So would you like to hear this week's terms? You already know. You already know. All right. It's going to be cash or trash. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) uh, Full disclosure, I peeked into your weekly prep document for the podcast, and I saw the terms yesterday. (laughs) Ah, you did? I saw a glance of the quick attack questions, but then I immediately backed out because I was like, oh, this is wrong. I shouldn't be looking at this. No, yeah, you shouldn't. Hey, I uh, realized it. I realized it at some point. So. Oh no! The, the news. No, don't worry. The news is still news to me because I forgot okay. it all. 
Okay, I might I'm have sorry. had some since then, but we'll, I have we'll to be. Hope. I just have to be honest. You know, the people the people deserve honesty and integrity. Yeah, you're right. And we skipped <laughs> over the, the 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 ratings earlier, so we had to tell them. But this is we an honest podcast, so yeah. Anyway, yeah, the Abraham Lincoln of video game podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> honest Abe, honest honest podcast. Anyway, all right, I'm ready for this. Without further ado, here we go. Crystal version has recently, or well, I say recently, last month, and I didn't even notice this, it released on the 3DS, which they had done gold and silver, and I was looking for the crystal version because I don't crystal version, but are you caching or are you trashing this? This is virtual console, right? Right, virtual console on the 3DS. Uh, I'll say cache, I guess, but like we have emulators, and we have had them for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Well, one thing about it is you can <laughs> trade between your Pokemon that you get on the virtual console, oh, which shit. I thought was really? a yeah, it's a very unique Whoa. feature, and you can That's obviously cool. battle other people. But um, all right, I'm 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 cashing now. You you sold you're me. You're cashing now. <laughs> I'm cashing. All right, Next cool. question. Next question. This is pretty hype. A new Mario Tennis game has co- is coming out on the Switch, and it features a story mode. Are you cashing or are you trashing this? I'm cashing that shit. I love Mario Tennis. Dude, yes, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for that one. Next next question. Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is being re-released for Switch, one of my personal favorites, and they're adding a new character, Funky Kong, who is honestly seems broken. Are you cashing <laughs> or are you trashing this? Okay, cashing. I do want to okay. say Funky Kong is a baller. He's also kind of a meme, I think, which is great. But Funky Kong has been great for like a decade now. Um, yeah. I'll elaborate a little bit. I have never played Tropical Freeze, which that came out for the Wii U, right? Right. So this is one of those like next, like literally the next generation, ugh, next generation re-release, <laughs> right. which I, I'm, a, I'm a little shifty on those. Um, I've never played Tropical Freeze, but I do own Donkey Kong Country Returns for the Wii, which is the predecessor. And Donkey Kong Country Returns is a really excellent game, I think. So um, I have faith that Tropical Freeze is good, and I'm happy for more people, hopefully, to get to play it on the Switch. And also, Funky yeah. Kong is dank. So Dude, cash. Funky Kong is so dank. All right, cool. Next question. Nintendo has no plans to pursue uh, 4K or VR technology. Are you cashing or are you trashing this fact? Ooh. That's a that's a tough one. Sounds very yeah. much the 4K thing sounds very much like Nintendo. The VR thing, I'm a little bit surprised on. Yeah, me too, actually, because they've been so heavy on the motion controls and whatnot and the 3D features. You'd think that'd be one of the things. My thing is, I think they they're mad that they got beat on it. But anyway, <laughs> what do you think, cashing or trashing? You know what? I'll say trash, man. Like Nintendo, yeah. you like who doesn't want a VR Zelda? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or even Mario. I mean, they have the Mario Kart, but you can only do it in Japan and stuff like that. So I, I didn't even know about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's all over Facebook or something. I don't even know if it's. I question if it's legit Nintendo, but I, I'm not. I don't know for sure. Maybe you. Maybe you thought of it up in a fever dream. Yeah, somebody add us on Twitter and I can our fact checker. Anyway, <laughs> on to the next question. Dark Souls is being remastered for the Switch. Are you cashing? Or are you trashing this? I'm cashing, man. Dude, money That'll in the bank. That'll be the first Dark Souls ever on a Nintendo console, right? 
I think. Right. That's pretty cool. I think that will bring a lot of fans to the C- the the Switch, the Nintendo. All the fans who have been like, oh, Nintendo doesn't have any of our games. There you go. You got Dark Souls. <laughs> this makes me wonder um, if there are many like hardcore Nintendo fans nowadays, because I feel like there definitely were back when we were growing up and maybe back in like the GameCube era. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like basically what, what I'm wondering is if there are people who have not played Dark Souls because it is not on a Nintendo console. You know. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, I'm cashing on this. Cashing, yeah, I think I would cash on that too. Um, lastly, Dragon Ball Fighter Z Open Beta launched earlier, or uh, launched earlier this week. However, it had some issues um, with the network connectivity, but they extended the beta, and I was able to play it a little bit. I yeah, it was all it was all right. I didn't get to play it extensively, but it launches on the 26th of this month. Are you cashing or are you trashing this? On the game as a whole? The game as a whole being released, you know, all the Dragon Ball fighters. It's a 2D side-scroller fighter. It's not the typical 3D fighter that you normally get with Dragon Ball Z. It's it's a fighter game like Street Fighter and stuff like that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'll say yeah. cash then, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Sweet. Um, I'm excited to play it in more detail. So that about wraps it up for our quick attack section. How quick were we on a scale from one to extreme speed? Um, on a scale from one to Sonic the Blue Hedgehog. Uh, about uh, Tails. Tails? I like Tails. Yeah, I like Tails too. Anyway, that about does it. Uh, yeah. I have an important announcement. Oh, okay. What's that? It's an announcement for our listeners. You already know this, Kevin. Okay. But Kevin has been very hard at work behind the scenes, behind the curtain creating all of our social media. So we have a Twitter, we have a Facebook, we have an email address, we have our website, which is probably the coolest one of them all, I'll say. Yeah. Um, nice job on uh, on finding Simplecast, I believe, as our host. Oh, yes, and, they uh, are great. They seem pretty cool. I do notice that they retweeted or liked some of our Interstate Gamers tweets, which is cool. Yes. Um, so, you know, they're, they're listening to the community. But anyway, Kevin, do you want to tell the viewers about the wonderful social media that you've established? Yes. So you can find us at the IG underscore cast on Twitter. Um, our website is at www. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Or the interstate gamers dot review. Showing your age. The Kevin. interstate gamers dot review. Yes. Yeah, www. What am I? PBS. <laughs> And then our Facebook, you can find us the Interstate Gamers. You can just search for us. You'll probably pop, uh, it'll pop up our page and stuff like that. Um, we are on Google Play now. Oh yeah. So you should be able to listen to us from there. And we done been on iTunes, so that's taken we care of. Done been, and you should subscribe to us. That way, you can get constant uh, updates about when we release our um, episodes and whatnot. If not, follow us on all of those pages or any one of the pages you would like, or just tune into our website, which. Is pretty dope, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Shoutouts to Simplecast, and also shout-outs to Discord for allowing us to communicate to each other <laughs> for shout some podcasts. Uh, Shoutouts to Microsoft for creating the computers, that we, <laughs> or for creating the operating system that we've been using to do all of this. Yeah, Alexander Turing, who made the computer itself. Shoutouts to you. Um, Shoutouts to uh, clusters of high density material for creating the Big Bang <laughs> and, and really setting the right. stage for this whole enterprise. <laughs> right. So uh, 
we we thank you all. <laughs> oh, and our email address is theinterstategamers at gmail.com. Yeah, so if you want to send us any fan mail or questions that you might want us to read, we will definitely read it there. Um, we are on standby, waiting for you. If you uh, if you have beaten my high score of fourteen hundred something in Star Fox sixty four, let us know. Uh, yeah. Picture proof only, please. Pixar didn't happen. Yeah, we're pretty proactive on all these, or I, I should say that uh, I'm very proactive on Twitter. <laughs> so <laughs> I will tweet at you, and I also tweet some fun stuff. Like I gave like a hint to this week's episode, and I think I'm going to continue to do that because I found that pretty fun. So that was cool, actually. I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, Kevin is certainly the social media master. I uh, I don't even have Twitter installed on my phone. I used to, but my phone yeah. has such little storage that I needed to take as much as I could get. So Twitter went bye bye. But uh, right. Kevin's doing a really great job setting up all the stuff. I'm doing the editing of the podcasts, and together we are the Interstate Gamers. Check us out. Yeah. Um. One random little sidebar is that your boy Peter was featured by means of a question on the most recent episode of the Yeasty Boys. Oh. That is a podcast that Kevin introduced me to. Um, Kevin also is friends with one of the guys on the podcast. Right. They talk about beer, they drink beer, and they answer listener questions and questions from people on Reddit. Um, Really fun time. They seem like great guys. Um, I submitted a question, and they enjoyed it very much, which gave me the warm fuzzies. And uh, (laughs) I sent them another question yesterday, so we'll see how that one goes. Yeah, but um, they're a great podcast. They're not as new as us. They've been around for maybe sixteen episodes, I think, uh, since August or September. Yeah, so so they've been in the game for a while. But check them out. Um, we're probably gonna like reference them pretty often because we listen to them a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we talked about our social media. We certainly talked about Star Fox sixty four. We did quick attacks. I think it's I think it's about time to wrap this up. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. Well, I just want to. Give one last thanks to all the listeners out there and anyone supporting the show. We appreciate it. And until next time, body armor. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, I'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks so much. Bye.